Well, good evening, everyone. It's so exciting just to have each and every one of you here again today with us. Again, my name is Pastor James. I am the Life Groups Pastor here at Westover. And it's just my privilege just to continue our conversation of what we've been going on, uh, chatting about for the past month, uh, the past couple of weeks. Uh, we've been chatting about church matters. And the things we've been talking about when it comes to church matters is that uh, we... Uh, Pastor Jim brought a message about belonging to the church and belonging to the church body. We want everyone here to, to feel like they belong to a body of Christ. Not just the, ch the church small C or just Westover, but the church global. When we begin to see how far the church expands, the big church, the global church, big C, we begin to understand the impact that we have and we begin to see that, that we are part of something big, something awesome, and something great. As, as, and being a part of the church, it it. It reflects the glory of God. It gives us an opportunity to show people around the world who God really is. And, it, and it's a reflection of his love and his goodness. This past weekend, uh, Pastor Jonathan also spoke on church matters. And he focused on the, on, on the aspect of serving. The fact that we're serving people, that, that we're a reflection, again, of who God is. That we're an extension of him. We are an extension. We're his hands. We're his feet. We're his heart. And we are here to reach people. God has given us a great great opportunity. We are here at Westover in a great location and every weekend and even on, on Wednesdays, people show up here, hundreds of people walking through our hallways and, and it gives us an opportunity where we don't have to really go out. People are here and God, is, and God wants us to open our eyes and see the opportunities of us reaching people. But we just can't stop there. We have to be continue to be the church outside the walls of Westover, in our community, in our workplaces, everywhere we can go, that we need to be an extension. We need to serve people, serve the community to bring God glory. And today I have a great opportunity just to chat with you just for a few minutes um, about what it means to grow. Because here at Westover, um, in my time serving here, I've been here for about a year serving at Westover as the Life Groups Pastor again. And here... I have received a lot of questions, just even over the past few months when, I, when I'm up here praying for people, chatting with people, people, and I, ask, I always ask the same question, how can I serve, how can I help, what is it that you need? And one of the big questions people always ask when they come up here, and even throughout my life as a follower of Christ, one of the biggest questions that people ask is this, and the conversation kind of goes um, like this, I, I, they walk up and say, hey, how can I help you, my name is James, people basically say, they say, you know what? I've given my life to Christ. I've decided to follow him. I want to serve him. And I've been coming here for a while, or I've served the Lord for a while. And I just, I feel embarrassed. How do I grow? How do I grow? How do I grow in, in my faith? How do I grow in the Lord? What is it that I need to do to grow in what I'm doing in, in, in following Christ? And as I stand there, I chat with them. I give them different bits of advice. I give them some encouragement. And there's really three basic things that I kind of tell them. If you, if you kind of want to write this down, there's three basic things you can tell anybody. Um, and, it's, and it's real simple. Um, I tell them, go to church, read your Bible, join a group. And it sounds very simplistic, but in my mind, it is very Simple. And of course, I, I elaborate. I spend some time here at the altar. My kids get frustrated and they kind of start laying down in the hallway because I'm here and I'm usually talking to people and it goes for minutes for minutes and sometimes up to an hour and people begin to walk away and I grab them and I bring them back and they probably regret the fact that they asked the question, how do I grow? But I just want them to know this is how you grow. And so that's the thing is like read the Bible, go to church, get into a group, and even to simplify that just a little bit more. 
To do all that, if you ask the question, Pastor James, how do I grow? It's simply this. You have to be planted. You have to be planted if you want to grow. And that's our big idea. Our big idea is this, is that if you, it's basically to grow, you must be planted. And that's just basic gardening. Now, I'm not a gardener by any means. Um, me and my wife, we're just happy that our dog is still alive because we just seem to can't, we can't let, we, nothing lives. You know, that's just the big deal. But just, if you want to go back with me, in, I remember in school when we would talk about science, I loved science. I just, that was something I was really passionate about. So I always loved when we got to do experiments and got to do things. So I remember, if you remember this, you, you can just shake your head with me. I remember getting the milk cartons, the chocolate milk. I loved getting, I loved chocolate milk in school, but it's another discussion. Chocolate milk, we would get it and then we would pack it in with dirt. And then we would get the soybean, and we put the soybean in there, and we plant it in there. And the teacher would be like, hey, we're going to see, you know, we're going to watch it grow. We're going to see it go through all the phases over the next few weeks. We're just going to see, you know, how, how, how growth happens. And so we would learn through science. And every day I'd go back, and I'd look inside my, my little carton, and there would be just dirt. Right? And I'd go again the next day, and I would start seeing all my friends. They would see little stems and leaves. And I'd look in mine, and there was dirt. And I'm just like, all right, it's just maybe, it's like, maybe like me, it's a late bloomer, right? So I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm just waiting for it. And I go back another week, and you start seeing the stems coming out of some of the, my, my classmates, and they're coming down, and I look at mine, and there's dirt. And I'm just like, come on, man. I'm like, so I put water, and I get it closer to the sun, and I, and I look at my and the weeks go by and more. Now my, my, all my classmates, they have a rainforest in the classroom. And I'm like, and I go to mine, I'm like, yes, mine's going to be doing it. And I look in there, and there's dirt. I'm like, man, I could not let this grow. And so as I thought about it, like, man, growth happens. It's just not a one-time thing. When you plant a seed, when you get planted, when you're planted here at church, you just don't get planted at a church. You have to do some work in it. There's some stuff that has to happen. Like when you want to grow a plant, there takes some care. It's just not planting in and watering it and just let, and seeing what happens. You have to consistently care for it. You have to take care of it and put water in it and put it in the sun and be sure everything is just right. The atmosphere has to be perfect. And some t and that's in the natural world, but it translates into the spiritual world that sometimes that we think just because we get planted into a church or we're just or we're just here that that that's enough. And that's, not what God, and that's not what God designed us. And sometimes in our Christian walk, I've seen it time and time again where people get tired and they just get frustrated and, and they come to the altars, they flood the altars and they pray and they, and they want to know, God, I need help. And they just, and they feel overwhelmed. And the thing that, that they have to understand is that you have to be planted. And these are the same folks that will tell me, well, I'm good by myself. No. God has designed us to be with others. We're supposed to be planted with other believers. There, to, to kind of talk in, in the gardening terms, if we're rooted in the Bible, planted with believers, that's going to produce growth. Because there's something that happens when we're around people that, that it begins to grow us and mature us, that we begin to hear stories and bounce things off. And it's all through relationships that this growth happens. And we see the example. You're like, well, Pastor James, you're the life group's pastor. We know what's going to go on here. Yes, it's going to go on, but we'll get to that later. So the bottom line is that, but we see this pattern in scripture, that we see that God wanted us to, to discover something about what it means for us to grow in our faith. So if you have your Bibles, if you will, please open them up to Acts chapter 2. Verse 42, if you have your apps, it's in the app as well. You can go to the U version Bible. However it is that you read your Bible, go ahead and bring it out. 
And in this story, we're just going to kind of read something, and we'll kind of, kind of get some history behind it. So here in, in Acts, it says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. And this is kind of the bulk of the key passage here. It says, every day they continued to meet together, circle together in in temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together, circle together, with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were saved. And now this is the deal. So this passage comes at a, at, 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 a, at a big moment in church history that if you read earlier in chapter 2, you discover that, that, the, that the day of Pentecost just happened. That means the, the disciples, the followers of Christ, all went to the upper room and they waited for the promise that, that, that God had, that Jesus had told them. They're waiting for the, for the Holy Spirit. They wanted the comforter, the one that was going to empower him, them. And he came and it came in a mighty way and God moved in a wonderful way. And people were filled with the Holy Spirit, baptized. Peter uh, gave a wonderful sermon, and 3,000 people came to the Lord that day. But it would, it would be kind of interesting if, if, if Acts stopped there, and the story stopped there, but it didn't. It continues to tell us that, that these believers, that this church experience, this experience that they had wasn't enough. They wanted more. They found people who were of like mind and who had one spirit and who, and, and, and who wanted just to go further in their faith. And they enjoyed being with, this, with these people, as we see in Scripture. So it says there that they continued to meet together in the courts. Now, we understand there was the temple, but all of our, the, our church family that's in Israel, they're probably going to see this, I'm assuming, that they're going to see the temple, and they're going to see the temple courts. And the temple courts were, were, were kind of a special place because there was only a certain particular people that can go further inside the temple. The temple courts, as I read, it, it says this was a place where men and women could meet. This was a place, basically, where anyone could meet. Thus, as we say here at Westover, there was a place for everyone and so that's where they were. They were in these temple courts, and they were talking, and they were sharing, and they were just, just continuing to, 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 to focus on the things that they've learned and just life experience and just spending time with people. It also says in Scripture they ate together. They must have been from San Antonio. They devoted themselves to teaching, you know, and they wanted to know more. They went to each other's houses and hung out. You know, that's, that was a big deal. They went and just spent time together. They helped each other. All this happened because... Because relationships was a core value of their belief. They knew that if they had someone with them who believed the same way they did, then, then life would be easier. They would continue to enjoy life. And they were really fulfilling what Jesus commanded them to fulfill before he went to the cross. In John chapter 13, he says, he says the world will know you're my disciples by how you love one another. And that's what they were doing as they were loving one another, as they were continuing to, to be together and doing things that was totally countercultural to that time. They were doing a lot of things, and that brought people, people's attention to them. And, it's, and it says in Scripture that people were added daily. People were saved daily because of what they were doing. And that's the thing. Some, some folks will tell me, well, why do you always talk about life groups? We should be talking about other things and, and growing in our faith. And we should be out there doing things. If we 
here as the church, the big C, would love the way Christ wants us to love, that would be, we would see the results that would happen. We would see that people, numbers would be added daily. Because why? Because they would see how we interacted, how we loved. They would see that this is the real deal. Now, I've been, I was in the fire department for 20 years, and, the, and that was probably the number one question. I was never ridiculed for my faith in 20 years working in the fire department. All that, all that ever happened, happened there was people would come ask me. I'd be laying on the couch or I'd be eating dinner, and they would ask me about my faith. Not because of anything that I said, but it was how I lived. And that's the thing. That's what we want to charge you. It's a beautiful thing when the body of Christ truly lives together in love in the way that God designed it, that the world around us begins to wonder, is this for real? And they begin to ask you questions. And then God gives you the opportunity to speak life into them. And then, that, and then we will see what happened back then, that, that the numbers will be added. People will be saved daily. Now, here's the deal. You're like, well... Life groups, I don't know. Small groups, getting with people, I don't know. I'll be real with you for a minute. I know one thing. I've heard it all about life groups. And I'm just going to be real with you. I'll be very upfront. Being together, being with other people isn't always easy. Is that right? Being, with, being together isn't easy, I know. If it was easy, we, everybody in here would be in a group. We'd have hundreds and thousands of life groups. Things would be great. But being together with people isn't easy. Being together with my life group isn't easy. I already know this, but being with people isn't easy. We bring, we, we, we have excuses of time. I just don't have enough time. It's, uh, I don't know. We just have all these activities for the kids. Or there's anxiety. People are scared to walk into someone's house or go meet a new person. I, I understand that. There's fear. Fear of rejection fear of being talked about. There's hurts that you've been hurt in relationships with friends before. Um, it's Sometimes they think it's unnecessary. Oh, we don't need to be with people. I'm good by myself. I'm going to be alone. And I can tell you this right now. Being in a place of permanent solitude is a dangerous place to be. Because that is when the enemy will find you and begin to rip you apart because you're not protected by those whom, whom love you and who want to take care of you and who want to encourage you and build you up. Differences of opinion. We don't, sometimes we want people to believe the same way we do, see the same views we are, but that's what the body is. The body is diverse, and we are able to share and love one another despite our differences of opinion. There's conflict. There's personalities. You cannot tell me about personalities. I have four girls, okay? Now, I, I, I know what it's like to have, like, my, my daughter it was, was away at college. She came back a few days early before spring break, and we were so excited. My wife gets crazy. She's, yes, my family's together. If you're friends with us on Facebook, you will see the pictures. She's like, yes, finally together, hashtag family complete and all that jazz, right? And so I'm thinking in my mind, this is wonderful. This is great. My family's together. And someone asked me, I said, watch, by Wednesday, they'll be at each other's throats. I called my wife this afternoon. I said, sweetheart, where are you at? Oh, I'm at, I'm at the pool. I'm at the pool. I said, what's wrong? She says, they are like playing tag. They are going after each other right now. One's arguing with, and she said they were just arguing back and forth at the pool. I'm like, tell them it's a beautiful day. It's too beautiful day to argue. And she told them, but it was just that wonderful joy that was there last week. It's gone. My other, the, other, the other four kids are probably saying, please go back to the Springfield now. They're willing to pay for an early ticket. It's like, but that's the deal. Is that that's, that, but that's the thing is we, we know that being with people can be difficult. Think about your friends. Think about your group of friends. 
right? You get together with your spouse. Me and my spouse are together. Me and Bev are talking. We're, she's like, hey, guess what? You know, the guy, everybody wants to get together, all right? Well, that sounds like fun. Let's get together with them. Well, who's going to be there? Well, you know, you know, the Martinez's and, and the Johnson's and the Joneses. I'm making up names just to, just to save my other friends any, any kind of stuff. So Joneses and, you know, we're, and she's saying, all, I'm like, well, that's great. Well, who else is going to be there? And it's always that last couple, right? Well, the Scarboroughs. You're like, oh, do we really have to go? Well, it's at our house. Well, do we have to be there? It's like, you know, so that's the thing. It's like, you know, well, that's, and there, there's those people. We know relationships are difficult. They tend to be difficult and hard. We understand that. But that's the thing. God has designed us, though, to look past it. It's those relationships that chisel us and make us into what he wants us to be. A few years ago, and, and, and when we, a few years ago, I remember talking to my wife, um, and we were chatting because right now we look at our Facebook and we look at Instagram and yeah, we do, we're into all that stuff. We look at it and uh, I hear my kids talking about how many likes they have or friends. We have a thousand friends or 1,400 friends. And so me and my wife, there was just a certain period of our, of our life that we just kind of, I was kind of just reevaluating. And I just asked her, I said, sweetheart, out of the 900 people in your Facebook thing, I don't know how many she had, um, who was... Who are the five people closest to you that are in close proximity, that are close to you, that if life just went downhill? Five people. Name me five people. And we sat in the car, we're driving, we're thinking. And she says, well, I have three, maybe two. And that's the thing is that sometimes we feel that we, we, we're so thinking that we, we are connected. And right now people are saying this is the most connected generation, the most connected that this world has ever been. But also you'll see this flip side of it. People have said that this is the most loneliest. Because we've gone from the 50s where we were a, a front porch society. Now we park our cars in the garage and don't want to see no one. And, and, and that's a lonely place to be. And I challenge you guys, when you leave here, think of the five people, not five people that are across the country. If it happened right now, if it went down in your life, the five people that would surround themselves around you that you said, I can tell them. Or who are the five people that you can go on vacation with and have a great time? Those are our friends. We are, I know it's tough to be with people, but we need connection. We need to be together. Now, the early churches didn't have this all together. They didn't have it. And we see later on as the church began to grow and began to move and began to shuffle, God's, God's spirit was, was, was going all over uh, the region. And then we read later on, we think, well, the church had it together back then. What happened? No. But we see in the book of Hebrews that the church didn't have it all together. They began to get complacent with where they were at. In Hebrews 10, 23, it says, let us, the author of Hebrews says this, let us hold unswervingly to the, to the hope we possess. For he who promised is faithful. Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. You see, the church, the, the early believers, they were ready. They were getting complacent. They're like, I don't need to be with these, these guys. I'm tired of them. You know, we don't want to hang out. Oh, just, just going and, and, hearing, and hearing Paul speak or hearing, or hearing Peter talk, that's good enough. We don't, we don't need to get together. But the author of Hebrews discovered one thing. He discovered we need to continue to meet together. He wanted them to consider. And that's what I'm doing with you guys. All I'm asking you is to consider it. 
Because here in a few moments, we're going to have our life group leaders who are in green. They're going to go out, wait for you in the hallway. And they just want to chat with you and answer some questions you may have. We're not going to force anything, but they just want to chat with you. But, but the author of Hebrews wanted the people to consider, consider this. Keep meeting because the day is approaching. We live in a crazy time, everyone. And, and it's a crazy time for us not to be with someone, to not have a church, to not be together with people that build us up and encourage us to do something great. For God's kingdom. We need to continue to meet together. I know it's tough, but we need to meet together. And the reason is, is because it's part of God's plan. God wants us to continue to meet with people. We read in that, in that scripture that it says, it says that let's not give up meeting together. That's part of God's plan. To be together with someone, to find that encouragement, to find people who believe the same way you do. And, if you, and we as believers, we always say, well, I'm following the example of Jesus. I'm a Christ follower. I want to follow what Jesus does. You know what? Jesus was in a small group. He really was. It was him and his 12 disciples. And he found opportunity to pour into them. But also, Jesus needed them. He needed them. At the Garden of Gethsemane, he, said he brought three guys to pray with them. He wanted their prayers. How much more should we, if, G, if even the one that we serve, that we mimic, did this, why not we do the same things? We need each other. It's part of God's plan. Jesus, he says in John chapter 15, before, before he went to the cross, he tells his disciples, he says, you're not servants anymore. Because he knew what he found. He said, you're my friends. Because I've taught you everything the Father has taught me. You are my friends. Jesus needed friends. So do we. We need people to walk alongside us. We need people to encourage us. We need people to cry with and celebrate with and rejoice with. We need each other. And I know that there's roadblocks that, that, that keep us from being part of a group. And I know that there's things that, there's negative attitudes and stuff. But I want you to look past all that you, with, with, with some of the things that I'm sharing with you. Because really being together comes down to one thing, like everything else. And I tell my kids this, and I tell people this all the time. People say life is a journey, life is an adventure, life is this and that. Life is basically a choice, and that's what it is. Being together is a choice. It's a choice you have to make. Do you want to be, the, do you want to be better this year than you were last year? Do, what, what things do you want to improve? Surround yourself around those people who improve you. Surround, he's like, well, how do I grow my faith? Find people. There is people in this auditorium. There's people that walk through our hallways that need you, and you need them. Because we're better together. We need to grow together. We need to continue to make a choice of wanting to go further. In, in, the, in Hebrews, it says that. He, he says, let us consider. And that's what I'm here with you right now. I just want you to think about it. I want you to go today, talk with some of our life leaders. I want you to go home, think about it. Where is it that you want to be in life? What is it that someone can help you with? How can they help you improve? So here... In the next few minutes, I'm gonna have my, I need my life group leaders to all stand up. They're all wearing green shirts. So my life group leaders, if you could stand up, they're going to stand up, and you're just going to see them for a few seconds, and they're going to just go wait for you in the hallway. You, can, you guys can go in the hallway. They're going to go in the hallway, and all they're going to do is that they just want to chat with you. And we'll give them an opportunity to get set up as my wife heads out that way with, with our leaders, and they just want to chat with you. They want to get to know you. They want to meet you. We go through life not meeting a lot of people, everyone. 
We need people, we just, want, we just want someone to know who we are and know our name and get connected. Knowing our name is a big deal. When I was a kids pastor for 20 years, I, tell, I would always train people. like, well, how are you, how do you do so well with kids? What is it, what is the one thing that you, that, that how do you um, really connect with a kid? And I tell them, I know the most important word to a kid. I do. And they gave me all sorts of answers and they, were, and they were kind of off base. And I said, the most important word to a kid is their name. And if you really think about it, the most important word to you is your name. You like being known. You like someone calling you. You like saying, hey, Albert, what's going on? And that, and that person will smile. I bet you he's smiling right now. But that's the thing. People love hearing their name because they know that they're known and that they're cared about. Dropping a text to someone, send them a message on Facebook, saying I'm thinking about you. Those are the things that people really care about. They want to know that they're known and that they're cared about and they're thought about, that, they're, that someone's praying for them, that someone's there for them. We all want that. I don't care if you're an introvert or an extrovert. We all want that. We all want that. We want to know that we're loved by a friend. We want to know that someone's there that has our back. That's really what we want. And there's three things that we want to kind of want you to experience within our culture of life. Because we want you, when you come here, we want you every time you come here, go into a group, to experience a community of believers that love you, that care about you, that are truly here for you. But there's three things, just real quick, that I want to leave with you when you go into a life group. Number one, it's, it's a big deal to join a group. Because it brings out, we, a group brings out the best in each other. It really does. When you begin to look at your friend and you spend time with each other, you say, man, you could be really good at this. You know what, man, I think you could lead a, 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 a kid, you could, you could coach kids soccer. Or you know what, hey, man, I think you're really good at, at speaking. Why, why, you know, you're just, you have a lot of knowledge. Why don't you share? Why don't you lead a group? Or why, or, or why don't you, you know, uh, just pour into someone? Why don't you take, you know, help my kid uh, learn how to, how, how to fix his bike. You're a really good mechanic. You're really good with your hands. How about you do this or do that? How about you volunteer for kids? Just different things that we could see the best in someone. When we are down and we're hurting, we need people to see the best in us. Romans 12, 16 says, live in harmony with one another. It says, accept one another. In Romans 15, accept one another then just as Christ accepted you. And instruct one another in Romans 15, 14. Life group also brings each other's needs to God. Man, I don't know about you, but I love it when someone prays for me. I love it when I know I'm not alone and I can call a friend and I can say, hey, Adam, man, I need you to pray for me, bud. I'm just going through some stuff. And we can talk and we can chat. Or they can call me or text me and say, hey, hey, James, because my life group, they just call me James. They're like, hey, man, can you just pray for us? Our kids are sick. We're going through, we're going through some issues. Pray for us, man. And I love doing the same for them as, they, as I reach out. Pray for us, man. We miss our daughter. You know, and they just, and people just, we just, I love rallying around each other and just praying for each other. And that's a big deal. A life group, it helps you bring each other's needs to God. And the last thing is this, it brings out areas that need attention. And those are the toughest. Those are the part, that's the area like, wait a bit, I don't want no one to call me out on anything. But that's a big deal. We can't improve unless someone out of love, out of true love, corrects us. And I've had those opportunities. I've received the correction, and I've also offered that up to our friends. And I can't do that unless I have a relationship with them. Uh, we we, we want to fix everyone quick. 
But I've learned to discover over the years that when I truly have a relationship with someone, I can sit down with them in their living room, I can eat with them at Burger Boy, and we can just chat. And I can say, hey, man, your behavior on this thing wasn't up to par. You know, it's just kind of, you know, if we're truly trying to mimic Christ, we need to behave in this way. And that only happens when you have a relationship. You grow as an individual when you give it, but also when you get it. Those two things, you grow in both ways. So guys, if you want to truly grow, if you truly say, man, what is it about growing in our faith? It's really this, what I said before, you have to be planted before, you have to be planted in order to grow. Remember, rooted in the Bible, planted with believers, always leads to growth. So I want to give you guys an opportunity here. I'm going to dismiss. Our life group leaders are out there. They've been instructed. It's just, it's a casual, just hi. We want you guys to say hi, hello, meet someone you haven't met. Ask them questions about their group. They're going to give you a couple of cards. And then you can enjoy the rest of your spring break. But guys, if you want to grow, you got to be planted. Be planted here at church. Be planted in God's word. And be planted with a group of friends. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you because you're good. There is none like you. And God, you have designed everything from the beginning of time. And you said it wasn't good for man to be alone, and that was according for him to be with a spouse. But Father God, you, as we read through Scripture, we see how, how man needs each other. We need family. We need friends. We need companions. David needed Jonathan. God, we needed you. Moses had, had, had Aaron, and he had Joshua, Lord God. Even your son had his disciples. In order for us, God, to be overcomers, yes, we have the blood of the lamb. But the word of our testimony and the word of other testimonies carries us far beyond we can ever imagine. It gives us the hope that we can overcome this world's obstacles. God, I thank you for my friends. Some of them are here. Some of them are watching. God, I am so thankful for the friends that you've given me. And my life would be drastically different if it wasn't for the people that are surround me and surround my kids. And I thank you for them here, God. I just pray that you continue to bless them. And God, and I pray everyone in here would experience that type of togetherness, a togetherness that, that, that you're able to build each other up. You're able to encourage and love and pray to truly experience the love that you said that if, that if we love each other, the world will know that we're followers of you. May we be that example. Because, Father, we've got to be planted if we want to grow. In your wonderful name, amen. Guys, thank you. We hope to see you this weekend. You are dismissed. Please say hi, greet some of our leaders, and just introduce yourself in chat. Have a great day.